Hi, I'm Leslie Manukian, president of Health Freedom Defense Fund and host of Conversations on Health Freedom, a podcast about our most sacred human right. Today, my guest is Dr. Louisa Williams, ND. Initially, she studied psychology at the University of Texas, where she received a bachelor's degree and later obtained her master's at Purdue University. Increasingly drawn to the mind-body aspect of healing, me too, (laughs) she attended Texas Chiropractic College and graduated cum laude in 1984. After moving to the Northwest and establishing the Seattle Health Clinic that specialized in environmental medicine, she graduated in 1990 from Naturopathic Medical School. Dr. Williams later practiced in Marin County, California for 18 years, where she wrote the book, Radical Medicine, fantastic book, everybody. Um, She currently practices the Texas Hill Country. She currently practices in Texas Hill Country. Is that the name? Is that right? Is it the county? No, it's just the Texas Hill Country. Oh, in the Texas Hill Country. Okay, far away from 5G, because 5G is not good for us, folks. (laughs) Um, specialties include homeopathy, as you all know, my favorite, constitutional and acute, biological dentistry, including mercury, mercury, amalgam detox, cavitation surgery, and malocclusions, the diagnosis and treatment of chronic facial infections, dental, tonsil, sinus, and scars, detoxification of direct and indirect vaccinosis, which I want you to define for us, the identification of primary food sensitivities, the prescription of natural non-pharmaceutically derived supplements, and counseling patients on the principles of the wise traditions diet, which you all know I'm a big fan of. I'm on the board. Um, The real reason I wanted to have Louisa on today, though, is something that is incredibly pertinent to the last few years, and that is her new book. It's called Just the Facts, and it's a book that she says is written to be an easily accessible and fully referenced guide to all the issues that arose over the last few years from the COVID mandates, shutdowns, and misleading mainstream media news. Welcome to the show, Louisa. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, So we're going to talk about some treatments and therapeutics and different things like that. And I just want to say that the views that um, Louisa will be expressing are hers. They are not necessarily HFDFs. We are not giving medical advice. HFDF cannot give medical device advice. Rather, we are not uh, doctors, and so we're not allowed to do that. So um, seek a physician's advice if you want to pursue any of um, follow any of the, any of the advice that's shared here today. Um, so let's just start with you telling us a little bit about your new book, Louisa. Yeah, I mean, you were, you know, you were repeating about it's a brief guide, and that was the hardest thing. I've been writing the thing for a year, year and a half, actually longer, you know, and the good news, Leslie, is there's so much information and research out there attesting to the outrageousness of the COVID pandemic. So it was the hardest thing was to be brief and succinct and just to get the very best peer reviewed journal articles that I could as much as possible to so it could be bang, 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 you know, patients could immediately go to the mask chapter or the test chapter or the vaccine chapter because my whole anger, there was a lot of anger and there still is, but it was patients with a an uncle who's an MD 
or their sister's a PhD, right? And they're like getting bombarded and beat up, as we know, for not getting the vaccine. And I'm, you know, trying to support them and say, no, you know, this is in the scientific research. So um, that's what I tried to do is make this book as quick as possible. It's 80 something pages, but as brief and succinct as possible, a guide to all the fallacies of 2020. Can you tell us where people can find it? Yeah, it's on my website, louisawilliamsnd.com, ND naturopathic doctor. Okay. Books. I didn't see it easily, but maybe I didn't look well enough and I didn't see it on Amazon. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about oh, that. No. So people go to the website yeah. to, to buy the book. Okay. Not on Amazon. It's just a download. Okay. So um, you wrote it so that people would have access to this information because I think one of the things that's become abundantly clear over the last few years is just how much the powers that be use information deluge to overwhelm and confuse people, I believe, so that they will then defer to authority. Right. And so how do you know what to believe, you know, as the average individual, right? People are like, ah, there's so much information, this, this media outlet or the CDC or someone saying this and someone else is saying that. So the whole point of the book is to distill it down to something that's actually readily accessible to the average person so they can understand. That's right. Yes. And backed up by as much research as I could, you know, mm -hmm. every page is usually, you know, got the, uh, the footnotes on every page in regard to proving this and proving that. And not that I watch mainstream media, but even mainstream media, Leslie, as you know, is finally admitting, well, the vaccines actually did not stop transmission like we thought. Oh, they actually didn't reduce illness like we thought. So, um, you know, even the esteemed Lancet uh, journal, which, you know, is very mainstream, said that non-vaccinated people were 80 percent, almost 80 percent uh, in, in better shape than the vaccinated. So the truth is coming out. And, yeah. and like I said in the book, that's the silver lining. Yeah. It, Alpass and big pharma has finally gone too far. And the beauty is, and then in this country and all around the world, uh, there is a lot of vaccine hesitancy now. A lot of parents are, are, are you know, thinking twice. In 2020, nobody could go to the doctor and the rate of childhood illness reduced. In 2021, it reduced 30% childhood deaths in childhood. Mm -hmm. Sudden infant deaths, right? Uh, or is that all deaths? deaths. Uh, infants, yeah, you're right. Infant deaths, yes. Mm -hmm. And um, and because what was amazing is that uh, in 2021, 2022, 2023, people aren't getting their shots, those 77 doses of vaccines that is now the norm from zero to 18 uh, on the childhood vaccination uh, schedule. So that is a beautiful silver lining. I get, I'm getting so many more patients nowadays that are saying, I'm not, I, you know, I hadn't been holistic for years. I'm learning, but I'm beginning to realize that I really need to double check these vaccines and look at the research and, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of jab remorse out there. Yeah. You know, did you ever watch happy days when you were younger um, with Fonzie and everybody? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so happy days after it had peaked and was very much on the decline. There was this one episode where Fonzie, the Fonz, 
jumped a shark on water skis. Did you hear about this? Okay. And so there's this phrase in the kind of common parlance, which is to jump the shark, which means that you do something so outrageous and so ridiculous that most people don't believe it. And I think the pharmaceutical industry seriously jumped the shark with this shot. Um, it's it's amazing. There was a, a poll done in Canada a couple of months ago, and it found that only 39% of parents will unquestioningly vaccinate their children going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't vaccinate, but they will ask questions. They have certain, you know, they have questions. And I mean, I have a friend here where I live in Idaho who is, a um, he got J&J, he got the first dose. Um, and he told me not long ago that he will never get another vaccine ever after how he felt and what he's learned. So, I mean, they have really, like I said, they have, um, you know, jumped the shark, scored a terrible own goal, shot themselves in the foot. How many different ways to, <laughs> can we say it? They blew it. And, and they even people that aren't holistic like us. I mean, we've exactly. been with this for decades and reading, yep. studying and everything, but newer groups are yeah. questioning. Yeah. And they want to be able to use the kinds of medicines that they want. So in your book and in the introduction, I used a word called vaccinosis, right? Most people probably don't know what that means. So why don't you share with us what the definition of vaccinosis is? I brought up that, that old homeopathic term because it was, it's just such a good umbrella. Yes, it is a little obscure, but uh, it was coined in the 1800s. And then one of our homeopathic heroes, Dr. Compton Barnett, Burnett, uh, popularized it as a common diagnosis for smallpox vaccination damage and injuries. And uh, so, you know, in homeopathy, we've been using the word vaccinosis for years, an umbrella term for any problems after getting a vaccine. And it just fits so well in the 2020 COVID, uh, you know, mandated vaccines because we have direct and indirect vaccinosis. We have direct vaccinosis from the people that did get the jab. We have indirect vaccinosis and transmission from their friends, family, Anytime you're around somebody, there is definite transmission of the graphene oxide nanoparticles, definitely. So that's a very interesting question. Do you address in the book um, whether this whole issue of graphene and graphene oxide, do we know for certain that graphene and or graphene oxide are contained in the COVID shots? Very good question. And if you Google it, they'll say no. They'll say no, but in my testing, in my experience with all these patients, with, with you know, this whole, another beautiful silver lining was all these podcasts and all these videos and all these news articles, the past, you know, you're so inundated with all this information from both mainstream media, but especially from whole, our holistic community has really grown because there are just so many good newsletters and people that aren't paid off journalists nowadays that are mm. just, you know, spewing the radical left uh, lies. But um, so uh, I believe Karen Kingston. I really do. She's an ex-Pfizer executive. She reads the patents, the 120, 150 page patents. She's done it. She's a scientific uh, medical reader and writer for decades. And she definitely explains how 
the graphene oxide and the magnetic nanogel is in the patent in the patent in China as well as in Pfizer and Moderna, but it's um, it, it it they don't have to disclose it, you know, because it's part of the patent. It's part of their privileged, you know, information there, proprietary. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to disclose it. They just get that particular gel. And uh, they don't describe what's in it or how it's made or anything, and then you know include it in these vaccines. Now, is the gel inside of the lipid nanoparticles? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's a magnetic hydrogel with a layer of graphene oxide. Graphene oxide is a thousand times stronger than titanium. It's very thin, and here's the the biggest problem: it's very electrically conductive. Mm -hmm. So. Enhanced 4G and 5G definitely affects the, the uh, graphene oxide that's been injected in people that persist and lingers. I'm sorry to say, I wish I didn't have to say that, but in my experience, it does. It lingers. It, it sounds illogical. Oh, I got injected in 2021. I'm okay now. Mm, I'm not finding that. I'm finding yeah. that the graphene oxide is lasting and well, can, can I just say so uh, not to interrupt you but I want to get into that but first I really want to understand where is it because it's my understanding that you have this solution that has suspended in it little teeny tiny microscopic nanoparticles lipid nanoparticles which are this little fat globule which contain supposedly the modified RNA where is the graphene oxide? Is it in the hard coating, the shell that's that is the little lipid nanoparticle? Is it inside? Where is it? Inside, it protects that messenger RNA from getting damaged because it's a very fragile molecule. Yeah, yeah. So it's very protective, very strong. And as Dr. Delgado and La Quinta Columna, uh, as well as doctors all over the world, dark field microscope, uh, scientists, uh, electron microscope scientists have found is that there's lots of graphene oxide nanoparticles in these shots. Mm -hmm. And as we know, in the PCR test and in the mask. Yeah. So no it's, be there. say that again. No reason for any graphene oxide to be in those, you know, there's no rationale except for as a bioweapon. Yeah. I saw someone put something on a, um, in a glass jar that had, um, I think it was just the shot in it. And I don't know if it was a bunch or a few. And it, um, they put a um, some kind of a, they didn't say exactly what it was, but it was something that was electrifying it. It gave it some kind of a charge and the water all turned brown. Have you seen this? And then it became thick. And there was like, you could see that metallic substances formed that you could then move up and down with a magnet. Now, listen, I don't know the um the authenticity of this you know i don't know who made it or where it came from but it was a very interesting video i thought um These microscopic videos of yeah. these structures that are formed they are self-forming this mm -hmm. these oxide these these paramagnetic quasi-metallic uh carbon chains they're like a grid and they're in our bodies direct or indirectly and then they're enhanced uh, by radiation and mm -hmm. what, a, what a perfect one-two punch, right? Yeah. yeah. Inject with a magnetic uh, metal and then uh, 
put 5G all over the world. Mm -hmm. So tell us, um, you were just talking about, before we get into the persistence, what are some of the kinds of injuries that you're seeing? Uh, What's interesting is that a lot of the injuries I'm seeing from the vaxxed, as you know, are very also very consistent with the COVID illness, right? Supposedly, and the beriberi, thiamine deficiency, B1 deficiency for everybody that was shut down and drank a lot of alcohol and had carbohydrates, as well as even my MIES, mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. Mm-hmm. All of these have similar symptoms, coughing, exhaustion, brain fog, cognitive issues, uh, headaches, dizziness, uh, loss of taste and smell, metallic taste in the mouth. All of these are similar that you're getting, you know, similar symptoms. Um, yeah. So, you know, it can be anything. It can be anything. And remember, you know, Leslie, we know what miasm means, a genetic tendency, our inherited constitutional weakness. So it can really be whatever your weakness is, low back pain, migraine, headaches, depression, whatever it is, can get enhanced and amplified Mm -hmm. after the vaccine directly or indirectly. Yeah, you know, I wanted to just comment that um, we've been hearing about long COVID. There's actually a debate about whether long COVID even exists or not. Um, there's, uh, I won't delve into that, but now what's happened in the last week or two weeks is long vax, long vaccinosis. So now what they're saying is there's an admission by the leading medical authorities that there actually is a persistent type of vaccinosis affecting people. They're not saying what it is, but they're saying that it's real. I think that's a very, very interesting development. Um, that's just been in the last week or so. Yeah. So it's called long vax. Yeah. And so there's this admission. And the thing is, I also want to say, listen, um, this idea of persistence, we know from children that we've treated homeopathically and animals. I mean, my dog, my husband, um, took our dog and gave him a rabies vaccine against my wishes. And he started wheezing the next day within 24 hours, he was wheezing and I gave him Thuya and it stopped. Nice. And um, I've seen this happen with, you know, children where they go, I mean, someone once brought a child to me who had had eight or nine shots in a day to catch up, maybe 10 shots in a day to catch up. And um, this child was suffering as well. And I gave her Thuya and it really helped tremendously. And there are other children that I've given other things to, but my point is that sometimes they get better, but generally speaking, I mean, I'm vaccine injured. I've shared this with many people. When I was 28 and graduating from business school, I went and got every shot that they would give me before I went to Southeast Asia for two months. And I've never been the same. I'm getting better and better, but it's taken me 30 years to recover to just a semblance of health. And my point is that vaccines, you are injecting known and unknown ingredients and toxins into your body. And once they're in, it's very, very hard to get them out. In particular, if you're one of those kind of people who has a low ability to detox, like if you've got an MTHFR um, genetic SNP or something like that, like I do, it makes it very hard for those people to detox. And so what ends up happening is that it's not just with the COVID shots, but with all that we see that these symptoms can persist. So of course we know that there's been myocarditis and pericarditis, and there've been all sorts of blood clotting and microclotting and 
um, you know, strokes and all these things after the shots. Um, but so tell us a little bit more about how they're persisting, why this is, and how this is manifesting. Cause I cut you off before when you were sharing a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I just want to add, I mean, that's not just our clinical observation too. Professor Exley of England has found clinically over, I mean, not clinically, scientifically, you know, in his research laboratories with, with animals, et cetera, that aluminum is very persistent. He is talking about aluminum from our DPT shot at age five or six months. He says it never goes away. Yeah. Now he's not a homeopath. So a lot of these guys that are brilliant, I love them, but they don't know about homeopathy. They don't know about some of these things. I feel like we can get rid of these toxins. But uh, again, in chapter seven, when I talk about treatment, it is, it's slow and you need to pulse it. For example, the, the activated charcoal I, I found is the best for binding graphene oxide. And that's also in the scientific research. They're cleaning water of toxic metals and chemicals. They've been doing it forever, uh, you know, uh, with this charcoal. So we're going to, we're doing it in our bodies and um, it's, um, it's um, binding millions of tiny pores in the activated charcoal. It's binding to these graphene oxide particles in my experience and in, again, the research studies and slowly getting it out of the body. But I want to emphasize slowly. Uh, for example, just take me, for example. I, uh, first of all, I've been wired for years, you know, but I was affected a year ago when I left this, the small medium town of Georgetown, Texas from the 5G from the neighbors. I could tell in January 20, 20, uh, 2022 when they uh, increased the 5G and 4G radiation to one quarter, over one quarter of the U.S. population. So I got the heck out of town. I'm on a ranch now with six acres and, you know, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But um, that I am sad to say that I am still detoxing all of my issues. I'm better and I didn't even get the jab. So what I tell patients is every other day or two or three times a week, for months and months and years. It takes a long time to keep binding as well as everything else. Get on your constitutional homeopathy, homeopathic remedy. That's the most curative thing we do. Get on a good diet. You know, it, it's a come to Jesus moment, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to handle your obstacles to cure. If you have mercury amalgam fillings, and you can handle getting them out and detoxing them. And you're working with a good biological dentist and holistic physician. Get those out now. Uh, get your porcelain fused to metal crowns, your gold crown, you know, all these toxic metals out. Uh, stop eating your food allergy over and over. More variety and rotation because that's food allergies are a big deal. And that's since childhood, too, where the body is just. Uh, thinking that wheat or dairy or corn, et cetera, is a poison. And, um, you know, the main thing is get Wi-Fi out of your house. I talk to so many patients that say, oh, my husband, he works, he insists on Wi-Fi. And I'm kind of, well, I'm not a marriage counselor, but uh, it's not okay. I mean, I have heard different doctors and scientists talk about, I don't want to be dramatic here, but I really want to emphasize this whole thing is an extinction event. This is serious. 
This is sickness, death, injuries. You've got to get serious about getting well. And that's, again, another silver lining. Now's the time to really do everything you can, clean up everything and work really hard and get away from 4G, expanded 4G and 5G and um, start healing. Yeah, I would say at the very least, turn your Wi-Fi off at night. You know, our Wi-Fi goes off. We have Wi-Fi in our house. I use it for all sorts of things, but it goes off every single night. It's not, it's not in my office. It's um, anyway. And, you know, some of us are more sensitive to it than others. There is no doubt. Some people are hypersensitive to it. So could you share a little bit more about exactly how the 4G and 5G, like what they're doing and how they're contributing to the, um, to the vaccinosis from the, 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 the shots? In the research literature, which is, it's hard to find a lot of this, but the graphene oxide is highly electrically conductive and it is absorbed, it absorbs and is affected by these wireless radiation bandwidths. And um, it even changes, can that 4G, 5G in your home affecting your body can even change that gigahertz frequency from the 4G and 5G to terahertz. You know, and then we're getting into the quantum physics and techie language that no wonder we have a hard time understanding all this because this is gets so complicated. Mm -hmm. And terahertz is, you know, if you study about that frequency, it's between microwave and infrared and it can cause skin damage and uh, damage to the proteins and genetic problems, genetic damage. What is that? Cancer. And of course, the, the 5G is coming out more and more. The research that sifts through without money from big pharma universities or the government, but the research that does sift, sift through is really incontrovertibly proving now that 5G causes cancer, causes genetic changes in the mm -hmm. cells. You're seeing all this stuff about sperm being damaged. Um, it's it's incredible what's happening. I also want to just say it's it's very interesting to me. I think noteworthy that historically, if you look at Dr. Weston Price and the people that he studied, they ate the same food over and over again. Like the people up in the Swiss Alps, they ate sourdough rye and raw dairy yeah. daily. That's what they ate. They didn't have these problems. Well, right. they were not injecting aluminum in the, into them. And so you mentioned Dr. Chris Exley in the UK. He calls him, I think he's been donned Mr. Aluminum. Um, I've known him for a long time. He's a, he's a great guy, but he um, he's done tremendous work. He's had people donate the brains of um, children who had autism and died and people with autism, older people, middle-aged and older elderly with Alzheimer's who died. And he has analyzed the brains and he has found that the brains of those with Alzheimer's have as much aluminum in them as the brains of these children with autism. And he believes he's proved a causal link between aluminum and um, Alzheimer's. And he also believes, I believe that it's causal between um, uh, uh, with autism. And what's, what's interesting though, and this is what the point I wanted to make about the food allergies is that our aluminum is toxic to all life forms. It has no known use, no biological function of any kind in the body or in any life form. Okay. And the reason that they put it in vaccines is because 
100 years ago, not quite 100 years ago, 90 years ago, when they were first trying to develop vaccines, they could not get a sustained immune response. And so they were literally messing around in their lab and they're like, okay, what can we find to chuck in here that's going to elicit a sustained response? And they threw alum in there, the, the, the element, they threw it in there. And guess what? They got a robust and sustained response. It's designed to stay in the body. They say it stays at the injection site, but that's not actually accurate. It travels through the entire body, through the lymphatic system. It crosses the blood brain barrier. It goes into your gut. It goes everywhere. And most importantly, what is it doing? It's causing an immune reaction to whatever is present along with the aluminum. And if that means that you ate and you've got aluminum and you just ate a piece of wheat, that could potentially um, upregulate an immune response to wheat. And so I know that it's important for us to, there are a lot of people talking about um, rotation diets and things, but I don't think they're natural. I don't think they're normal. And I think it's because we live in such a toxic soup and because we are artificially manipulating our immune systems by injecting these toxins into them. Absolutely. I mean, the Scottish uh, Islanders, you know, they, they ate oats all the time. That's always yeah. been an issue of mine. But sadly, so many of us have that conditioned response to casein or gluten or whatever, uh, because our thymus has gotten attuned to that is a poison and then it reacts. Yeah. You know, like, for example, in a lot of this stuff, you know, the the gluten is is often just bad wheat, you know, again, hybridization, hybridization over and over again. Now we got two or three varieties of wheat. They used to have hundreds of different varieties. And that's the whole thing about einkorn, right? The einkorn grain from ancient Mesopotamia, it has got high gluten in it but yet people with celiac can often eat it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and of course they're dousing it with Roundup in the days before it's harvested because it desiccates. It's a desiccant. It dries out the leaves, makes harvesting easier. It's easier on the equipment, all these kinds of things. So what can people do? They can take activated charcoal. What other kinds of things can people do to try and heal themselves? Well, again, uh, antidote the poison stop eating poison in your diet you know what does that mean antidote the poison with with the with it with the charcoal okay start binding with those millions of tiny pores it it does bind the graphene oxide transmission it does help a lot of people that hadn't even got the vaccine but when you're around people that have been vaccinated you come home and you take a capsule or I've even had, I'm even having people take a Q-tip and inhaling a little bit up each nostril, uh, which is a lot of this graphene oxide transmission is occurring through the air, mm -hmm. through talking, breathing, et cetera, being around people that have been vaccinated. Still, that's what's so scary. Still, even though it's 2023, it's still happening, that transmission. Mm. But the people that haven't been vaccinated, if they surround the dragon of that toxic transmission as well as you know take the charcoal as needed during the week and then the people that have been vaccinated keep taking it get on your constitutional remedy the most curative thing we do eat a good diet um you know clean up the mouth any root canals etc that are problematic and uh and and move, you know, Dr. Delgado of La Quinta Columna, he was the one that 
really helped me make that decision because I came home last January of 2022 in Georgetown, Texas, and I felt it. And my house was not Wi-Fi, but I felt it. I went, what the hell is going on here? And then um, I found out that they had advertised this in the paper, that they had turned on 5G and increased 4G to hmm. over a quarter million, uh, a quarter uh, of the uh, American population. So um, I, I was listening to his video, and at the end, he, you know, the um, the um, interviewer was saying, "What should we do?" And um, he said, "Get out of town hmm. if you can possibly get out of town, because the neighborhoods are a problem." Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, you know, of course, we don't want to move to a farming area with pesticides. So it's it's tricky. But that's why, you know, I think a lot of the real estate that's going down in the cities, the real estate is not going down in the country because lots of people are getting out of town for the mandates, for the crime, for a million other reasons, too. Not everybody understands how bad the Wi-Fi radiation is and the wireless radiation is. But lots of people are trying to get out of the city. Yeah. Um, I live in, you know, a small town in Idaho and the nearest decent sized town is 90 minutes away. The Boise is three hours away and um, property prices here are insane. Insane. Washington, Oregon, trying to get out of those horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, of course, you know, 1% of California leaving is a few million people, which is twice the size of Idaho. (laughs) So a little bit of them coming here is a huge problem for us. And prices are just ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. So like, how much can we share with people? How much should a 150 pound person take of activated charcoal? Well, and I, do you have a preferred brand that you want to share with anybody or? Well, I made my own. It's just okay. an activated bamboo charcoal. I muscle tested years ago. Uh, there's different hardwoods that you can make charcoal with. Mm-hmm. Uses, you can, in, an, in a pinch, you can get activated charcoal from any drugstore, any health food store. It's mm-hmm. FDA approved. Not that we care, but it's been around forever for you come in, go into the hospital for Tylenol poisoning or drug poisoning. What do they use? Stomach pump and activated charcoal. So Hmm. it's it's the for millennia, the the, you know, quintessential antidote to poisoning. So um, I used to say two caps three times a week. And then I realized, again, the millions and millions of tiny pores adsorb toxins so well that, you know, like one cap two nights a week and one nasal sniff one time a week for everyone that's been vaccinated. Hmm. Uh, For people that live with somebody who's been vaccinated, same dosage, because if you live with somebody, you're getting that transmission a lot. Those of us who have not been vaccinated uh, use it more PRN as needed when mm-hmm. you're people come home, detox and, um, you know, with a capsule and a nasal sniff and you, you know, you do pretty well if your home is clear of uh, vaccinated people. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Um, putting it up your nose. I'm curious about that. It absorbs toxins, but is it going to absorb beneficial bacteria? Not that I have found, not that that's, that doesn't seem to be a problem. And is uh, it a foreign substance? So it's going to actually elicit an immune response and cause problems? Or have you never seen that? Do you wash it out at any point? 
you know, you can uh, blow your nose in about 20 minutes or an hour later, but um, it, it, again, it's been used since ancient Egypt. But and, up the nose since in ancient Egypt? I mean, I know orally, but. Right, right. It's used everywhere. You get a snake bite, you put a paste of the charcoal on your, um, on the snake bite area, mm-hmm. keep it on 10 minutes, wash it off put the paste back on, keep it on 10 minutes, wash it off. It's excellent clay. It's used on the skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I have found no problems. And I, it also, the intranasal, the uh, through the sniff, through the inhalation is the strongest treatment. So before, when I came home from a you know potluck party or something like that with people that have had, that have been vaccinated, I would have to take, you know, one capsule, three or four times the next, that day and the next day. Now with the nasal sniff, I just need one capsule and one sniff. It's so strong. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to share with our um, folks today? What else, where can they find you? Where can they, and can you tell them a little bit about your practice, Louisa, and then where they can find you again? Yeah, again, I'm Zoom and phone now. I'm all virtual at this point. I'm in Kerrville, Texas outside of Kerrville on a ranch. Uh, and I haven't gotten an office set up in Kerrville yet. So I'm Zoom and phone. And it's just uh, email is info at louisawilliamsnd.com. And then the website is louisawilliamsnd.com. Same thing. You use muscle testing, a specific kind of muscle testing um, in your practice. How do you do that remotely? Well, I call it muscle testing. I love muscle testing. I always will. Dietrich Klinghardt and I co-developed neural kinesiology many years ago, took AK and CK and all the acronyms for many years. And I still use the muscle testing, but I have found that the fascial distortion patterns are less binary. In other words, with muscle testing, you're yes, no, yes, no, strong, weak. With the fascial distortion patterns that we measure with the arm length test, a patient can be even, they can be left short, which is a problem. They can be right short, that's a problem. They can be oscillating. One arm is oscillating. So there's all different levels. And with my matrix reflex testing, MRT, I I know more exactly where the patient is and what the best product is or what the distortion is. So it's a, it's a little more in depth, I think, than most kinesiology uh, systems. Plus it's more, more easy to learn actually. Mm -hmm. But how do you do it remotely? Well, um, I, (laughs) can you do it remotely? I can do it remotely. I can, uh, I shouldn't say that, should I? (laughs) No, it's fine. I'm a witch, right? You know, no. No. Um, Yeah. You know, you can, test yourself. You can test yourself with this method. So I can be a surrogate for the patient and test myself about them, about what's going on. It's better if they're on the table, if they're in, uh, you know, in person with homeopathy and so many and dentally and so many things that I've been doing almost 40 years. It's really clear most of the time analysis wise to figure out what the problem is and where they should put their time and money. Mm -hmm. Do you, I know you've, you've taught a little bit or given introductory courses at Western price foundation conferences, like wise traditions, but do you, are you offering any courses in this that people can take and how long does it take to learn? 
I'm not right now. Again, if you go to my website, louisawilliamsnd.com, and then you go to shop, and then you go to MRT, uh, that we have a little video, an all-day video that was filmed a couple of years ago, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's the best one, and that's a short version, a one-day version of how to learn the technique. The good news is, Leslie, the technique is very easy mechanically. You know how muscle testing can be hard; a guy yeah. can be strong, and you'll sure. get a negative sometimes the opposite a person will be kind of wanting the liver to test and you, you know they'll be too weak and you you just don't know if the testing is accurate mm -hmm. arm link test after you get a certain level of skill it is clear as a bell so the mechanical aspect is the person even left short right short etc it's really easy to learn a little harder are the rules the hand shocker, blah, blah, blah. There, It's a little harder, but really it's a pretty easy method to use. And I talk to a lot of patients that use it all the time for what kind of coconut, what kind of olive oil, should I buy the red onion or the yellow onion in the mm -hmm. store? They use it all the time, the self-testing in the store, because there's so many, you know, different brands to choose from. And, you know, what do you buy that's most optimal? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, everybody... Thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Louisa, it's been wonderful to have you. Tell, thank you for telling us about your new book and all of the um, things that you've been doing to try and help people heal. People can find you at your website, louisawilliamsnd.com. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful. And I can't wait to see you in October. Thanks, Leslie. I know we never get to talk or catch up at the conference, so it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this year. Last year was crazy busy, but this year, hopefully it'll be different. All right. Thank you for having me. All the best. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations on Health Freedom. Please follow us at healthfreedomdefense.org, where you can become a member, subscribe to our newsletter, donate to our cause, and follow us on social media.